This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Rogers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown. Welcome back to another episode of the Packs with She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And we finally have a football game to talk about after a... By week for us, watching the wild card weekend, seeing who the Packers would play, we now know that on Saturday night, the Packers will host the San Francisco 49ers in the divisional round for a chance at the NFC Championship game. Um, it's obviously a team the Packers have already seen once this year. So, Perry, what stands out to you as something entirely new or different about this matchup than the last time it happened? Well, the Packers have, like, realistically will have – um all their best players back and I mean both these teams are different I think like no matchup is the same um obviously the 49ers have been using some of their offensive weapons in a different way um it's at Lambeau this time it's not in San Francisco um but I think most importantly is um this 49ers secondary is a lot weaker than the first time they played. And that's really saying something considering Devonte Adams went off for 18 catches and over a hundred yards. Um, so it should be an interesting matchup like 49ers Packers always is. And there's obviously like some pros and cons for both teams, but um, I think this game just like heavily, heavily favors the Packers. Yeah, and there's a lot of like really interesting history, obviously, between these two franchises regarding the playoffs going all the way back to, you know, the early 90s with Brett Favre and, you know, those Super Bowl teams. Um, so just a lot of rich history between the Packers and the 49ers, even though the Niners right now are on a three-game winning streak. Typically, whoever is hosting tends to come out victorious. So should be a different atmosphere, too, for the Packers this year, which is exciting. Thinking about, you know, a true home field advantage at Lambeau Field with 80,000 people and temps that look like they'll be maybe like 15, maybe hovering around single digits at kickoff. So, yeah, Stacey Dale said today that the forecast is 12 with a wind chill at 3 <laughs> for Saturday night. Um, obviously significant, I think, for anybody coming to town besides – you know, the Bears or the Bills, really, like nobody else practices in this. And I think like the the Lambeau home field advantage thing gets hammered into the ground like a little, a lot. But I think it's honestly worth noting, um, right? Like you're a dome team or really any team coming from any kind of like regulated or warmer climate is going to have a tough time. And then you add in the fact that Jimmy G has both a thumb and a shoulder injury in his throwing arm. Um, I think it completely changes the way that this game is going to be played. And I think, it, I mean, I would hope, and Matt LaFleur knows his 
friend and counterpart well enough to know like he's going to lean really heavily on the run given a the temperature and b the state of his quarterback so I hope the Packers are prepared for what like we all know sitting on our couch the 49ers are going to throw at them yeah and it's really interesting JK (laughs) the shovel pass towards them um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting too, because the Packers are the only undefeated team right now at home this season. They went eight and all, and then the 49ers actually have a better record on the road than they do at home. They were four and four at home and now they're seven and three counting the playoffs on the road. So when you talk about home field advantage, you know, I, I absolutely agree with you that we kind of know what this game is supposed to look like. Um, but as far as, you know, the Packers run game, not only do they have two really talented running backs that can get the job done, the 49ers have one of the worst ranked units you touched on it a little bit already with their secondary at covering boundary receivers and who is you know arguably the best boundary receiver in football or just receiver in general in general Devontae Adams so as much as I think it's a mismatch you know for the Packers defense which you know stopping a run game that is as explosive as the 49ers run game it's also a mismatch for the 49ers having the game plan for everything that the Packers are capable of doing on offense Yeah, I mean, I feel like also this whole like the Packers defense can't stop the run thing is also overblown because the only running back that ran for over 100 yards against them was Nick Chubb. Um, And I give credit to Kyle Shanahan, sure, but like, I don't know, what his name, Elijah Mitchell, like he ain't no Nick Chubb. So yeah, I mean, stopping the run is going to be important. I think like there should be emphasis on knowing where Debo Samuel is on the field at all times, because he is a threat in both the run and pass game. But again, like, it's not like they have Nick Chubb and the Packers have done a fine job stopping the run this season. So like I said, there's an emphasis on it, but I don't necessarily think Joe Barry is going to need to do anything like extraordinarily different um and as long as they mitigate the run in like the first two quarters and you start making jimmy g throw and the packers get up even a score maybe 10 points and then the 49ers have to start throwing the ball because they're behind like that then you're just putting yourself in a position to succeed yeah i mean i think the packers run defense is kind of hard to assess because they're 29th in the nfl when it comes to run defense and yards allowed per carry because they're giving it 4.7 yards a touch but they're one of the teams that's run against the least in the league so it's kind of hard to assess it because they're not giving up a ton of yards but when they do if you average it out it's like they're giving up more yards per carry um and devondre campbell coming back i think is going to be really significant you know we we talked about on pack a day just the difference that we saw from the Packers defense against the Lions. And I don't really think that's a fair assessment when you're talking about getting Devondre Campbell back, you're having Aaron Jones back on offense and, you know, the Packers just elevated Randall Cobb or activated him off of injured reserve today. It sounds like if Zedaria Smith is playing Saturday, he'll get activated from injured reserve on Friday. David Bakhtiari is questionable. Uh, Billy Turner will be playing Saturday. So, you know, the reinforcements are coming for the Packers and they, really could not have come at a better time. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see who ends up playing. I just, I mean, I don't know. I think that this team going into playoffs with the team that played the 49ers um, the first time around, I guess that also includes Jair. So you take that out, but the team that played this whole season can beat anyone in this postseason. Um, they obviously like snagged the number one seed without their best players. So I think this is just like an added 
boost. I'm definitely in the camp of like, don't expect like full fledged returns for all of these guys. I think David Bakhtiari is like an interesting case study because you don't usually rotate out offensive linemen. Um, but Yash Nyman had his very first start against Nick Bosa and the Packers did like just fine with Yash out there. So um, I think my concerns around the offensive line just like don't, don't exist because of what they've proven over the course of this season in my mind that like they can handle any front, right? Like they've gone against the bears twice, one, they've gone against a bunch of other like really great fronts. So um, getting even just Billy and Josh Myers back, even if for some reason, David Bogtiari can't go um, is going to be great, right? Aaron Rodgers is, we learned today um, from Stacey Dales. Thank you, Stacey, that Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL when it comes to dealing with four or less man rushes. Um, he's also one of the best against the blitz. So like he gets the ball, Rodgers gets the ball out fast. It doesn't really matter who's protecting him. Um, he's, they're going to be able to make things happen. Yeah, I'm curious too. I mean, I think the assumption at this point is that Nick Bosa does play. It's the playoffs. Um, but he did obviously suffer the concussion against the Cowboys, had to exit that game and did not return. So we'll see. He's probably the only questionable player for the 49ers going into Saturday. Jimmy G is really banged up. You mentioned the thumb and the shoulder already, both on his throwing arm. But there's no way that the 49ers are going to come to Lambeau Field and start Trey Lance, who has two starts under his belt in a playoff game, unless, you know, things get really crazy and Jimmy gets hurt, you know, at Lambeau. I just don't see that happening. Fred Warner with the ankle injury is pretty much a full participant at practice at this point. So Nick Bosa for the 49ers, I think, is really the only questionable player going into Saturday night. But like you mentioned, I mean, the, the offensive line is clearly handled him effectively the first time. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is the best in the business when it comes to evading a heavy pass rush. So, yeah, I mean, I'm curious to see what the Packers do with David Bakhtiari. I don't think he had a setback. Um, the load management thing is really interesting because you don't expect offensive linemen to rotate, but I do wonder if he's somebody that they'll kind of, you know, slowly acclimate back into the lineup, depending on how the game is going. Yeah. And then I think the rest of them will be like in a rotational aspect, which again is just a boost. But um, I think like this team was prepared to play anybody, obviously without Z or Jair, because um, they have had to all season. Did you have any thoughts? You know, this is kind of unrelated to the game itself, but if we're talking about pass rush, um, some news came out, you know, from Lambeau earlier this week, the Packers released Kingsley Kiki, defensive lineman. Did you have any, you know, thoughts on that? Did you think it was surprising or at this point, because he was a healthy scratch for the last couple of games, was it not really that, you know, shocking to you when the news broke? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I haven't really thought a ton about Kingsley Kiki in the last month. Like he's a great rotational piece for the Packers. And I think like D line depth is important, but um, he was impactful and he was having a great season. Uh, but obviously the Packers are still getting the job done without him. I think anytime you surprisingly or kind of out of the blue cut a player, like there's questions. Um, I hope everything's fine. Like he's battled a lot of injuries and he was put on the COVID list. So there's like a lot of things that were happening with him. Um, whatever it is, again, I just like, I hope he's good. And I think the Packers have plenty of players to fill in, you know, the handful of stops that Kiki was taking when he was healthy. Um, it's not like they lost Kenny Clark. So 
think it's fine. I mean, I'm excited to see what TJ Slayton can bring. I thought he's looked really good um, in the time that he's played. Obviously, Dean Lowry is having his best season you know, in ever right now. Um, and then you get Tyler Lancaster in there and some different packages. So um, I think the Packers are fine from a D-line front. Um, yes, it was surprising, but um, I don't know. I'm not one to really like speculate about anyone's like personal issues or off-the-field stuff. So just like from a simple football standpoint um I think the Packers are going to be just fine up front without Kings Kiki. yeah and they are getting you know likely Zadarius Smith back which gives them a lot of interesting looks as far as their pass rush and how Joe Barry wants to use them um Trent Williams is you know arguably one of the best tackles in the league you'd put him right up there with David Bakhtiari as you know a top two kind of tackle I don't think the 49ers allowed a single sack against the Cowboys in the wild card round even though the Cowboys have a really explosive pass rush and some players like Micah Micah Parsons you know who can kind of swap or can really kind of dominate a game from that front so what do you think the key to getting you know, the victory on Saturday is, is it just the pass rush? Is it locking up receivers? Because George Kittle's kind of been a non-factor the last couple of weeks. Is it, does it really come down to stopping Debo Samuel? There's nothing like the NFL playoffs. Move over, Bills Mafia. It's time for Balls Mafia with our sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. They're here to remind you that the recipe for success in the playoffs is to protect your franchise quarter balls. The road to the Super Bowl is never easy, but the road to your Super Balls is a few clicks away. Take the Lambo Leap and join 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code PWSS20 for 20% off and free shipping. This year, take your package to the next level with their Performance Package 4.0 and their brand new Ultra Premium Body Wash and 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the Signature Lawn Mower 4.0. This electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin, and the advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate nuts. It also comes equipped with a 4000K LED spotlight. To complete the set, Manscaped threw in their shed travel bag and anti-chafing boxer briefs as free gifts to keep all of your goodies stored comfortably. Let's blitz poor hygiene all night and use the best tools for the job. Be sure to travel to manscaped.com for our exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping with the code PWSS20. Tame that playoff beard in your pants. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PWSS20. When grooming your most sensitive areas, why play in the wild card game when you can take the safety of a first round buy with Manscaped? No, I mean, yes and no. Like, like I said earlier, I think that you effectively stop the run or at least make the run game that Kyle Shanahan's going to try to deploy against the Packers. Like, a non-factor like you're not don't let whether it's Debo or Elijah Mitchell whoever he puts back there like not gain like four or five six yards on first and second down make Jimmy G throw and if you're if you're getting to a place where you are making Jimmy G throw then I think the Packers have this in the bag like that there's no world where I can imagine him like slinging it around on a bump thumb and shoulder in negative degree weather um, against the secondary, especially if Jair comes back. So um, get up early. Like the Packers always play better with a lead. Um, so far this season, they're down 7-0 or more. But I think if you can, like get the ball first, get up early. Don't let them kind of run the ball that effectively on first and second down and make Jimmy G throw and this is over. 
Yeah, I mean, the the thumb injury was, it is what it is, I think, at this point. I think he's gotten a little bit used to playing with it. But when the shoulder injury happened against the Cowboys, I mean, you could tell that it was significantly impacting the way that he got the ball out. And there were some errant throws in there. So last, I think in his last three games, he's thrown five picks. It's something like the Niners are two and six when Jimmy throws at least one pick. So, and I mean, we we saw the 49ers, right? Not to harp on, you know, old games, but we saw them a couple of years ago, have Jimmy throw eight passes and still win the football game running the ball. So I think if you make this team, just like you're saying, one dimensional, you force Jimmy into making mistakes. He will give you at least a couple opportunities, you know, yeah. in that secondary, whether it's Rasul, Jair coming back and getting a pick would be a lot of fun. Um, Eric Stokes, you know, hanging on to one for once would be fun instead of a PBU. But I, I agree with you. And But I, I will say, and I'm curious kind of your thoughts on this, because I think we I think we both agreed that we were high on the Packers last season and their their chance to go to the Super Bowl. I think we both picked them over Tampa because of a lot of factors. But I don't want to be too optimistic, but I feel like the resiliency and the adversity of this Packers team is the best that we've seen from a LaFleur-led Packers team. So as much as, you know, you don't want the Packers to go down 0-7 to early, 0-10, we have seen them respond a lot better than maybe we would have in some of those early LaFleur-era games where it felt like the Packers would just roll over or they didn't know how to, to come back and climb their way out of a hole if they fell into one early. Um, yeah, I mean... I don't know, like you, like most games this season, they've started the game 0-7. So I don't think that getting down early gives me much cause for concern. I think it's if they get down early and then the 49ers just start like sending it, like sending the house and like rattling Aaron Rodgers. And I mean, he has been great against the Blitz, but I've noticed that they – sometimes get a little off script and try to score like 21 points all at the same time and start just like shot play down the field, right? Like, like wide receivers, you know, spread offense kind of situation, not like actually playing their brand of football. And I think it's the combination of the two. That's the problem for the Packers being down is not really an issue. Like I I feel like I trust this defense to make the 49ers punt a couple of times in this game and then have the Packers offense respond, but like respond using your offense, right? Play action, boots, pony package, like all the things that Matt LaFleur does well, just don't like freak out and spiral if it happens to be 10, nothing Niners to start the game. Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, you can make the argument that yes, it was against the lions, but I thought the opening drive in week 18 against the Lions with David Bakhtiari back in the lineup, Josh Myers, it was some, it was a picture perfect drive for the offense. It was everything that seems like it's been lacking for them all season. So it doesn't look like MVS is going to be able to play. He's still dealing with the back injury. He's listed as doubtful, but the Packers are getting Randall Cobb back. Obviously Devonte Adams is an all pro wide receiver. You've got Alan Lazard having a career year, which is really exciting. I think he's up to eight touchdowns. He's had four in the last two games, I want to say, two or three games, I think three games. Um, So, yeah, the Packers are really starting to kind of fire on all cylinders. And Mm -hmm. to have these home games, I think they're averaging like 30.6 or something points at home this season on offense. So, interestingly, of the last five games, including playoffs, at least one, if not both teams between the Packers and 49ers have put up 30 points. So, Curious your thoughts. I mean, do you think we're going to see like a shootout? Do you think it could be a high scoring game or do you think given the cold, it might be a little bit lower scoring than what we were expecting? I, I, 
<laughs> I feel like I can't predict the scores anymore. Um, let's look at what the over under is right now, actually. I, I feel like it can go either way. I mean, this game was, what, 30 to 28 the first time they played, but it was in much better conditions. I wouldn't be that surprised if it hovered around that again. Um, yeah, so the over under is at 47. That feels right. Like, I can see this being, like, a 27-23 kind of situation. I think it is going to be closer than Packers fans would like it to be. And the reason that I say that, really, at this point in the game, in the season is, and I feel like I've been a broken record with this this week, but, like, every team that's left now in the playoffs, like, deserves to be where they're at. And I think, like, you can say that the 49ers are the worst team left or they're a mismatch or they're, you know, whatever. But I think at this point, any team can make it to the ship. So it's going to be close, right? Like these are two of the, this is the two of the four best left in the conference. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised if it came back down right to a field goal or even closer than that. Um, But I, I mean, personally, I'd like the Packers to get up and then start like running the ball down their throats if they can. And so own time possession, like own the clock. And so that never really lends itself to scoring a lot of points unless like, you know, an AJ Dillon, like 60 yard touchdown run also (laughs) works. But yeah, I don't see it being like over either team scoring much more over 30. Yeah. I I, I feel the same way. I think, I think the score I gave on pack a day was like 31, 24. And, you know, I think the Packers offense is capable of putting up points. I think the 49ers are also capable of putting up points on offense, but I just kind of see it being like a cold weather slugfest. And I absolutely agree with everything that you're saying about the playoffs. You know, however you feel about the seventh seed, those games were absolutely garbage. Maybe we don't need the seventh seed in the playoffs, but the teams that are remaining are remaining for a reason. And, you know, I, it's the playoffs. You have to beat the best to get where you want to go. Like the Packers are going to get to the Super Bowl theoretically and play the best team left in the AFC. It's not like the Jets are going to walk onto the field at SoFi. So you you have to be ready for anything at this point. And I think it's it's like a battle-tested and kind of mantra. The Packers are, what, 5-0 and against playoff teams when Aaron Rodgers starts? Their one loss was to the Chiefs when Rodgers didn't play. So, yeah. you know, for all the close games that they played in previous seasons – there's no boogeyman this year for the Packers. You know, they didn't lose to the Niners and then have to play them or lose to Tampa and then have to play them. Luckily the Saints didn't make it. Yeah. That would have been the boogeyman in the championship. Um, I like also, I mean, I get looking at the past, but I don't know. I feel like in my mind, I reset every season. Like no team is the same season in season out. I mean, even look at the Packers, they have the one seed again, but they're a very different version of the one seed that we saw last year. And, um, I think even like when it comes to the playoffs, everything resets. Like you're O and O, and you got to go one and O every week. And like whatever you did during the regular season, um, when it worked, good. You try to replicate it. But I imagine, especially for matchups like the ones we're about to see, like these are both week three rematches. And so you imagine like you're studying that tape hard, and you have to like kind of expect that the team that you played in week three is not going to show up in the same way that they did when you last played them. They're going to add on some wrinkles and try to add in some new things and respond to what they didn't do well last time you played. So it's even going to be a completely different game plan and different matchup um, than what was played this season already. Yeah. I feel bad. I don't have the person who tweeted it out, but I I was reading or, you know, scrolling through the timeline as one does. And somebody mentioned um, the connection that Joe Barry has to the NFC West. Do you think there's anything to be said about the success that the Packers have this season against 
the NFC West and the fact that Joe Barry came from that division and knows them really well? Or do you think it's just kind of Joe Barry and Matt LaFleur in general designing a better, better scheme for the defense than what we saw from Mike Patton? I mean, I don't think that I have enough of like a sample size to determine that. I mean, like let's see in like a couple of seasons, if Joe Barry happens to have just have like a very good track record against the NFC West, maybe, but he also went undefeated against the AFC North and he has no connections there. So um, I don't know. I, I think that Joe Barry's come in and just like done a really nice job of using the pieces and the players that he has around him, as well as some of the other position coaches to kind of like Jerry Gray is now not just the secondaries coach, but the pass defensive passing game coordinator under Joe Barry. So I think just like the combination of things have come together well, but the Packers still have weaknesses, right? Like they still have holes that you can poke at. Um, and so, like I said earlier, it'll be interesting to see what Barry does. I mean, he's played like Packers defense are the lightest box defense in the league right now. And like you said, they're letting up a lot of yards on the ground, but they're still holding rushers to like under a hundred rushing yards. It's a very odd stat to me, to be quite honest. Um, so I'm curious to see what he does again, knowing that the 49ers are probably going to try to run the ball. Um, does he bring Amos down? Does he play two inside linebackers? Like how does he use Preston and Rashawn and like the guys up front? Does he bring Z in to set the edge or like be more of the roaming nose? There's like a lot of things that he can do. And I think he's done a really good job of moving his pieces around depending on the opponent. Um, but his base scheme is still going to be like that nickel defense. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to ask you a little bit too, because we know that the, the 49ers are going to try and run the ball. Um, Elijah Mitchell in, I think he started only 10 games has almost a thousand yards, only five touchdowns, but Debo had 10 carries for 72 yards and a score on the ground. In addition to all the yards he put up in the receiving game. So do you see Joe Barry kind of trying to go more traditional base against the 49ers? Or do you think because of the way that they utilize Debo and with, you know, Jair potentially coming back that we'll see him still use nickel maybe as his primary package. I think play to your player's strengths and like the Packers strengths are playing in nickel. And so I don't know, I don't, I would never want the Packers to like veer away from what their strengths are, um, especially when you're getting an all pro like Jair back. And so if that means, right, like moving an Amos down into the box instead of playing deep, or even Savage, right, playing closer to the line of scrimmage. I think there are, like, ways to keep your nickel base and keep your best players on the field without completely changing for your opponent, if that makes sense. No, it does. And, you know, I think this is such a maybe cliche or, like, overly simple solution for this Packers defense, but the 49ers have the best red zone offense in the league. They're number one. They're scoring touchdowns on, like, 67% of their drive. So it really feels like if the Packers can just keep the 49ers in third and long and, you know, force them to really sustain drives and march down the field, it's a pretty easy way to success for this team. We saw against the lions, you know, two of their touchdowns came against trick plays and kind of leans into one of the strengths of the 49ers, but you know, shot those shot plays are what Matt LaFleur has been talking about wanting to eliminate the Packers are really good at it for most of the season and then you know against teams like Baltimore they scored on just you know really outlandish large chunk plays so I think if the Packers just keep everything in front of them and limit some of those explosive plays not to oversimplify things but that's going to be what Joe Barry needs from his defense on Saturday 
Yeah. And I think, I think I agree with like keeping everything in front. I think that might piss people off who are watching because it might mean they're giving up like a few more yards than you'd like and maybe a third down or two that you don't want. But like the last thing you want is to have the 49ers like racking up points against the Packers in this game. And I think you said it earlier and I wholeheartedly agree. Like Jimmy G's going to give you one and the Packers Mm -hmm. one of the best teams when it comes to snagging interceptions and just like winning the turnover battle in general this season. So you win the turnover battle, you win the time of possession, even if it's, only like marginal in the time of possession, like you win this game because at the end of the day, like I said, both teams have weaknesses and strengths that I think can be exploited. But the biggest discrepancy is quarterback play. The Packers have Aaron Rodgers and the 49ers have Jimmy Garoppolo. And there's just no comparison. And sure, George Kittle is an, one of the best tight ends in the league. Debo has become like a really great kind of gadgety wide receiver but you have the best wide receiver in the league in Devontae Adams who just absolutely cannot be guarded and the 49ers don't have a number one corner they just like don't (laughs) have anybody in the secondary so sure you can try to double up on Devontae but I just think the Rodgers Devontae connection is gonna end up being like what overpowers this game yeah, and that's, you know, we're seeing a lot of talk in the national media about the 49ers and Debo, and rightfully so. I mean, I think that's fair. Debo Samuel also earned an All-Pro this year. That was impressive. He's had a stellar season. But I think people are forgetting that, like, it's Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, and Baltimore couldn't shut him down with 17 Bulldog. Like, if you can't commit you can't commit three DBs to Devontae and, and shut him down. Then that, what are you supposed to do? Al Lazard, we already talked about earlier in the show, having his best season as a Packer. Randall Cobb is coming back. Who's the, like the third down machine. I just, you know, for every weapon that the 49ers have, there's a mismatch for the Packers offense against this 49ers defense. I agree. And I also think that, look, the national media loves Kyle Shanahan. And I think that's fair. <laughs> and he, has done his part to contribute to that respect. But I think Matt LaFleur is a better coach. And Matt LaFleur is a better in-game manager and decision maker. Like Matt LaFleur goes for it when he should, and he kicks the field goals when he should, and he's aggressive when he needs to be, um, you know, except for a couple years ago in the NFC Championship game. And, (laughs) And I think that, like, this is a duel that feels like Matt LaFleur is due for the one. Like, he won in week three, fine, regular season, but, like, this is... This is year three, and Matt LaFleur is a coach of the year candidate, right? Like, this is a, this is a, I don't know why I keep calling it a duel. <laughs> it's like mentor, mentee, like meeting in the, in the playoffs, and one of them beat the other in an NFC championship game. Now it's like a rematch. Um, Andy actually, Andy Herman, a pack a day, called it um, a tr- trilogy. And I just, okay, it's true, right? Like it's, it's to the point where like Matt can go toe to toe with Kyle Shanahan. And I think he actually is, is coming out to be um, the better coach. Yeah. I mean, if you're talking about, you know, Sean McVay, when he got to the Super Bowl was like the wonder kid. Well, now you've got Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan and Matt LaFleur. And, you know, we, we've had this argument on the podcast and on the live show about Matt LaFleur and coach, like him winning coach of the year, but I just think what he's done with this entire roster has been really impressive. And I think this season is a really good example of that with, you know, the creativity of the offense losing some of his best players and the way that the teams responded to adversity in a really, you know, challenging year. So 
any final thoughts that you have going into Saturday night, other than that it's going to be cold and the Packers are two games away from the Super Bowl? Yeah, it's interesting. I'm a weird mix of confident and nervous. And I think the nerves just come from, again, like this is a, oh, no, you got to go one and no situation. It's like one shot. Um, But I think that the Packers, the Packers are the best team in the NFC. They're the one seed for a reason, and they should be favored and are favored by six. It's the biggest spread of the weekend. Um, So I think it's okay, and you should be respectful that the 49ers have made it, and I'm grateful for them to have knocked out the Cowboys because I didn't (laughs) know I didn't want the Packers to play the Cowboys in this. Um, but I'd be shocked if the Packers lost. Like, I would just be absolutely floored. Yeah, I, I'm i with you. And I just, I think it's the response to adversity. And I know I don't want to sound like a broken record, and we talked about it in the beginning of the show, but there's just something to be said about this year's Packers team and the way that they have been able to respond when they're down big. And there's not like a reliance on the number one ranked offense or a reliance on a turnover heavy defense. Like they're able to win in different ways. And we've seen that all year. And I don't see that changing now that they're in the playoffs. No. And there's a hunger there too. And again, like these are intangibles that there's no stats to prove it and there's no PFF grades, but they're important things when it comes to winning football games and I think you and I lean on these more than maybe some other people do who analyze the league, but I agree with you. I think you're, you set yourself up for success when you can win in those close margin games, because that's what you're going to get in the playoffs. You're going up against the best of the best. Like you said, you're not walking into a Super Bowl playing the Jets. Um, you're playing the best team. So I think that the Packers, they're no flinch. I think Matt LaFleur has said that so much this season. It's just that no flinch attitude. Like that's the mentality. That's that dog mentality. And I think at the end of the day, this team is the exact same team with a couple of additions as last year. They remember losing in that NFC championship game. And I'd be hard pressed to think that any of them want to repeat that. So I want like hot piss, like, you want war daddy energy yeah like higher on fire like that's that's the energy that they're going to come into this playoffs with like this is home field advantage this is full stadium it's just it's different this year I think that's I think that's a good way to end it I'm I'm ready I I guess I just yeah I wish it was Saturday now because I am ready to wake up with my piss hot on Saturday and even watch the game I guess from my couch with my dad so Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at PWSS Podcast, on Twitch and Instagram at said. You can follow Perry at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can follow me at Maggie J. Loney. And, yeah, we'll see you on Monday on Twitch and YouTube and Twitter for a game recap. And hopefully we're talking about the Packers and whoever their opponent will be in the NFC Championship game. Two wins away from the Super Bowl. Thank you for listening. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.